Well, good morning. I am Pastor Matt Archer, and I get to preach again today. This is by far the closest that I have been able to preach here. Thank you. Um, this has by far been the, the closest together of the two times that I've been able to preach. Um, and so uh, I'm excited this morning. It won't be like the last one. The last one was a really special, you know, like it was a really special sermon. And when I was preparing it, I was like, I just need to get out of the way, you know. And so this morning, it, I, I believe it'll be good. You know, it's not going to be like that good, you know. But, <laughs> um, but so this morning... Uh, you know, I'm thankful. As I, as I said in my prayer, there's a lot of people that are kind of missing from our, our normal church body uh, that are at General Assembly. And if, if, you don't, if you're not familiar with what General Assembly is, um, it is every four years, almost like a presidential election, you know, where you, every four years there's a term and, and there's voting that takes place. Well, at General Assembly, it's supposed to be every four years, okay, where the Nazarene denomination from all over the world meets in one place, and they, they are having good worship, good uh, sermons, and, and there's, there's things that people have been elected and are there, and they're voting on different things that will trickle down through the Nazarene church, and so it's good to be in prayer for them while they're there, and they're, you know, sometimes things are controversial, and they're voting on different things, you know, and so it's good to be praying uh, for those that are representing the Nazarene church, and, and right now it's in Indianapolis, Indiana, and it was the last time. Uh, I went to the last one, it was in 2017, and if you're doing the math, you know every four years, that puts you at 2021, right? Well, COVID happened, and so they didn't meet in 2021, and it got pushed back a couple years, and that's why they're there this year. So that's where, you know, we have that missions team that's there working, doing missional work there, and then we also have some of our leaders here, uh, and Pastor Matt, Pastor Miranda that are there. Um, and, and so there's, there's a lot going on, um, and so we, 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 we knew that there was going to be less people here this morning, um, and we're very thankful that, that Anna was able to be here uh, this morning, because originally when I was approached about preaching this week, because a lot of people were going to be gone, uh, they said that Anna wasn't going to be here either, and I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> like, you know, we're, we're going to struggle uh, in, in, uh, in a lot of areas in our musical world, you know, without, our, without a leader or whatever, and so um, you don't want me leading, so that's uh, always good that, uh, that that'll be, that she was able to be here, and I have to say that I'm very thankful for our worship team. Um, they, they put in a lot of work. Uh, you know, they, they, they offer up their gifts that the Lord has blessed them with, right, and they come up and they, they practice during the week and set time aside and make time for it. Um, and, you know, sometimes I preach at a few different churches, and, and we're very blessed here with the, with the talent that we have and the gifts that we have here. Um, and, and it's not just the talent, but it's the heart behind the talent that is special here, you know. And, you know, a lot of times if you have somebody that, that is talented, you know, they'll, they'll stand up here and they'll play or they'll sing and they'll, they'll do it. And it's almost like, look at me, you know, like that's kind of the vibe you can get sometimes. Like, I'm really good, look, you know. And, and that's not what I feel here, you know, is that our team, they come and they, they put in the practice and the work and you feel that they're just worshiping up here, you know, and it's not about them. And that, that's special. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, and I'm, I'm thankful for our sound group that, that's in the back that are our hidden heroes, right, that don't want any glory or credit, but, you know, without them making, adjusting everything, 
it doesn't work very well. Um, and so I'm thankful for all the people that, that, that have their hearts in the right place to serve and, and let God use them. Well, this morning, have you ever had a relationship, okay, in your life that you were really close to, okay? You had spent enough time around them, and you had worked. It could be like a coworker where you're spending a good amount of time around them every week. You know, it could be like a spouse or a significant other. It could be a child or a parent or a brother or sister, somebody that you've spent a lot of time around, right? You've heard their heart. You know, you've talked to them about things going on, current events, whatever. You've talked about things, and, and you're around that person, and then something happens, something is said, and you, don't even, you, you just kind of look at that person, and you know what they're thinking, right? Have you, have you had a relationship like that where you've spent that much time around them to where something is going on, and you just kind of look at them, and sometimes you'll just like shake your head, you know, or you'll, you'll, you'll kind of smile a little bit, but you, you know what they're thinking because you've spent a lot of time around them, you've gotten to know them, you've heard their heart, you hear how they process things, and you, you understand how they think. Um, I want you to keep that, that relationship dynamic in the back of your mind as we go through our, our text this morning and as we go through our, our sermon, okay? Keep that in the back of your mind, and then we're going to come back to it at the end, okay? So, we're going to be reading from John chapter 15 this morning, okay? And I'm going to give you a little bit of background with this, this area that we're going to be reading, okay? Uh, it's going to be in John 15, okay? Now, at this point in, in the story of, of Jesus, okay, in the gospel of John, we find that, that he is, what, what it's officially called is it's called the upper room discourse, okay? That's a fancy phrase for saying this was his farewell speech to his disciples, okay? This is when he is, he is really close to the end of, of his life. Um, the cross is hours or maybe a day or so. Like, it's really close, okay? And he knows that it's right here in front of him, okay? And so... At this point, he's in the upper room, right? We're more familiar with when, we, when he gives communion with his disciples, right? We're familiar with that part of the story. But in the upper room, there's several chapters where right here, the cross is right before him. It's right in front of him. And, and he is letting out some of the most important things that he is ever going to say, right? Have you ever been around someone who's potentially nearing the end of their time, um, or maybe a season where they were around you a lot and they're going to be moving away and you have this window of time, you know, where they get to open up and talk to you and you hear some of the most important things that they have to offer, right? Out of everything that they have went through their whole life. I mean, you, you think about Ruby turning 100 years old, right? You, you think about everything Ruby has seen and experienced and went through in her life. And, like, if you were to sit down and ask for words of wisdom from her, I'm sure that you would hear some really, really important things. And, and it's like Jesus is in that moment in this story, okay? And if you want to spend time reading this upper room discourse, right, or this farewell speech, okay, I'm going to give it to you if you want to write it down or text yourself or whatever. Spend time reading uh, John chapter 13, verse 31, 
13.31 through 17.26. Okay, it's about three, four chapters long. But if you just spent time hearing the heart of Jesus to his closest people, his disciples, the ones that were with him on a daily basis, if you want to hear what is ultimately important to him, spend time reading these, this section of verses, okay? And that's 13.31 through 17.26. And this, what we're reading here this morning, is right smack dab in the middle of this farewell speech that he is laying out and telling his disciples. <clears throat> okay, so I'm going to go ahead and read it. I know it's, it's, we're going to read verses 1 through 17, so it's a little bit of a lengthier section, but it's, it's good to read it, okay? So Jesus says this to his disciples. He says, I am the true grapevine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you, will, you remain in my love just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master does not confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You did not choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command, love each other. So when we read this, <clears throat> one of the things that I really want to highlight, okay, in this section is how the Father, God the Father, remember Pastor Matt talked last week, uh, about Trinity Sunday, right? And the, the, the God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Okay, he, he laid that out last week for us. And so this, this plays into this, where between God the Father and Jesus, okay, there was a special bond, right? There was a unity, okay? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this as like a symbol where I'm crossing my fingers. Like they were close. They were tight. They, they, they were together, okay? There was a special bond or a unity between God the Father and God the Son, 
And so we see that laid out as he highlights it in three, four, five different places in here as what the Father has showed him, he has showed us, right? That Jesus was, was God in the flesh, right? Like when we get to know God and we try to wrap our minds around God when we read the Bible, when Jesus came down, he was God's hands and feet to show us how he wants us to live, right? He was a, a legitimate example Right? All the other religions, all the other gods, right? lowercase g, um, the, you have to do everything to go to them. But God sent his son down to us to show us and to be here, to experience temptations and to defeat them, right? ultimately in the cross. And so we see where in Jesus' life, okay, he was close with the Father. Okay? In Luke chapter 5, verse 16... In the NLT version of the Bible, it says that he often withdrew to the wilderness to pray, okay? The NIV version would say he often withdrew to lonely places to pray, okay? This, to me, this speaks volumes to the closeness that he had with God, okay? He, he was very close. It says that he often did this. Now, we might ask, Okay, how often does that mean? How often do you think Jesus had to step aside from the stresses of life, from what was going on in life, to refocus, to, to get his mind right? How often, like, we, we ask questions like that, right? Well, based on what we experience in our humanness, right, there are some days that we need to do it a little more than others, right? <laughs> there are some times when, when there are people that are bugging us and, and, and we, we are really struggling on a given day. And, and so we find that sometimes we have to withdraw often. Sometimes we have to step into the restroom while we're at work just to breathe for a minute and, and like say a prayer, you know, regroup, refocus, and then go back to our desk or, or wherever we work. Um, and, you know, sometimes the kids will be bugging us like crazy and we got to just step into a different room and lock the door for a second, right? Not too long, right? But we got we to gotta do these things Right? But we got to focus, right? Because sometimes life is hard. And, and we see that Jesus made time, right? He was close with God the Father. He made time for this. Was it always convenient to do this? Probably not. Um, but this is something that I think was absolutely critical to him being close with God the Father. And, and I bet you that if Jesus was, was here and he was talking, he would probably say that there would be not a chance that he could have accomplished what God's plan was for his life if he was not close with God the Father, right? Everything that Jesus said, he did, the miracles he performed, the healings he did, there's no way he could have done that without being close to God the Father, Right? If he would not have stayed focused on what was important and, and, and allowed his mind to be one with God, there's no way he would have went through the cross and done everything that he was able to do without being close to God the Father. And if, if Jesus himself was in that kind of a place and he realized the importance for that, how much more so should we feel the same way? Right? How much more... In our human state, do we need God to help us through the struggles that we face? Um, life is hard, and it doesn't seem to matter necessarily what season of life you're in, 
whether you're you know, younger or, or older, like life is hard. You see a lot of things. You experience a lot of things. Work can be hard. Raising your kids and your teenagers can be hard. Like there, it is a constant struggle sometimes. And if we are not close with God the Father, we are not going to be able to accomplish what he wants us to. We're not going to be the parents he wants us to. We're not going to be the spouse that he wants us to be if we are not close with God the Father. And so we highlight that, right, in our lives, the necessary, uh, how it's necessary for us to be close with, with Jesus, right, in our relationship with Jesus. You know, some of the things, you know, that we read or that, you know, the Sunday school answers that we have of spiritual disciplines, right, the, you know, when we talk about Jesus often withdrawing to lonely places to pray and refocus, uh, a lot of times, you know, we find where, you know, we say, well, what are our spiritual disciplines that we would do today? You know, and we'd say, well, we read the Bible. You know, we pray. We, we go to church on Sunday mornings or we're in, we have a small group and, you know, we, we do different things as spiritual disciplines. And, and a lot of times, you know, our hearts are not necessarily in the right place when it comes to those. Like we know we're supposed to do them, right? And so we, yep, oh, I got to open my Bible. I got to, I'm supposed to read this. You know, and so we, we go through life and, and we try to do the right things, right? I, I preached on that a few weeks ago. But like, how many of us, our hearts are like, I want to be close with God the Father. I want to be close with Jesus because I realize that he is going to help me with these struggles that I'm facing. I realize that I can, get, I can get advice from my friend and that may be okay, but like, I need Jesus, right? And, and so... How many of us, our hearts are not in the right place when it comes to our spiritual disciplines, right? The things that we're supposed to be doing. Um, and that's one of the shortcomings that we saw with the Old Testament with the law, right? Is, is God would give his, his chosen people, his people, the, the law and say, do this, do this, do this, don't do this. And so they would kind of do that, but their hearts were really not about serving and following God, right? It wasn't this, which is what God ultimately wanted from his people, from us, is he wants closeness from us. And so when we come back to the scripture here, and we're reading about, about the, the gardener, right? That's God the Father. And we read about how Jesus is the true grapevine. And, and we see where there's this picture as we read through this. And we see that, that God the Father he is a great gardener. Now, now, here's my struggle. I have tried to have a green thumb and grow things, okay? I'm not very good at it yet. I'm still learning, okay? But I feel like the best gardener knows his plants, right? They know, they can look at their plants and know what they need. They can look at the leaves and see, oh, I need to water this one, right? I'm still learning that, okay? I water too much. That's my downfall, okay? Okay. Um, and, and so they, we look at the leaves, you know, the, the best gardener knows what the plants need. He can see that this plant needs this or this plant needs this or, you know, whatever. And, and, and so when we see that God is the true gardener, right, and Jesus is the grapevine and, and God has molded and shaped this vine, okay, now I know that in our culture we struggle with vines. We don't have a lot of them here. We think of trees and other plants, but like God is shaping Jesus because of the closeness that Jesus had with God, right? We see that in Jesus' life that everything that God gave Jesus, he passed along to us. 
And so we, we realize that. And, and it says that we are the branches in this scripture to Jesus' vine. And, and, and in this analogy that we try to picture and we try to wrap our mind around, um, it, it talks about uh, bearing fruit as part of the vine. That if a branch doesn't produce fruit, it gets cut off, right? It's taking up space where another branch could kind of grow into that gap and produce fruit. And, and it's this picture that, that God wants to shape us and mold us and, and prune us and do these different things. And when it talks about bearing fruit, you know, I, I almost wish this was a family Sunday and we had some of our kids in here that were in kid ventures uh, because they've been focusing on the fruit of the Spirit, right? And, and I, wish, I wish I could have gotten a little bit of excitement where they could, like, participate here. Um, but a lot of the fruit that, that can come from uh, a, a part of the vine or a branch is the fruit of the Spirit, right? There's love and joy and uh, peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control, right? All these different qualities, these are personal fruit that, that we can be exuding and, and, and showing the people that are around us as we go through life and those struggle situations, that we can know that we have a peace, that God's going to work it out. It may not be the way I like it to be done or as fast as I want it to be done, but he'll work it out, right? And so we see where there's a personal fruit that can come from, from Jesus being our gardener and us being close. I think that a lot of times there can also be a fruit that, that happens around us, that the, some of our closest relationships with our families and our spouses, our coworkers, there will be a, a, a different atmosphere or a different vibe or a different fruit taking place because you're following God. You're not lashing out the same way you would have in the past, and, and you're not reacting the same way you would have in the past, but, but there's this, this new fruit because you're what? You're close with Jesus, right? You're being close and tight with him, and he's shaping you, and he's molding you. One of the other things that he highlights in this section is about pruning. Um, a lot of times, pruning is something that can be very uncomfortable, right? None of us like it um, when we get pruned, but a good gardener can look at a plant and see, oh, this thing's sprouting out a limb that's going, it's, it's going wonky, right? It's going way over here. <laughs> and so, you know, when you see that in the beginning, you can prune it, and it's much easier, right? But what happens if we don't prune it? That limb continues to take on energy from the rest of the tree, and it's growing way over here. And, and then, you know, you've got where... This, this, this limb that once was really little and you could just cut it off real easy, now, you know, it's getting bigger and it's, it's gaining more energy from the tree and it's growing way over here and it's blocking out from the rest of the other tree from growing up, right? Or maybe it's going so far that it's blocking for other trees. And, and we see where, where the gardener, God, desires to prune us very early on, right? He wants to shape us and mold us and have us be this beautiful tree that can grow up and produce fruit. And, and if there's this limb that's going way over here, right? Because we do that sometimes, right? In our humanness, right? We, we think something's a good idea. We, we start going out on this, this limb and, and, and it's not a good idea. And God's trying to bring us back, right? And he sends people, trusted individuals to speak into our lives and say, I don't know that you may want to you may want to pull back from this. You, you may want to be careful, you know. And, and we're like, no, I know what I'm doing, you know. And we start, grow, we start going, you know. And before you know it, we got like a, 
we're going to have to get the chainsaw out now to cut this off, right? And, and, so, and so we go through this, and, and it's much more uncomfortable for that pruning to take place when you need a chainsaw than when it's just a simple little, you know, hand pruner, you know, job. And, and so we have to remember that when that pruning does take place, now you've got a tree that's kind of lopsided where we didn't let God shape us into who he wants us to be, Right? And sometimes that limb goes so far that it blocks from the other trees. I want to be a beautiful tree that's really close with Jesus that, that is producing fruit. I don't want to be going off on a, on a limb and, and, and hurting the rest of my life because I'm making poor choices, right? And so it's important for us to realize that, that God wants to shape us, but that only happens if we are close with him. The other thing that the other analogy that I thought of with this, have you ever had a tree that, that appeared to be really healthy? And, you know, you might look up in it and you might see, um, you know, maybe a dead limb here or there or something like that. But you get this really big storm come through, right? And, and this wind hits this tree and it twists it or whatever, knocks it down. And after the storm's over, you go out and you're like, man, look at this tree. And you see that it's got a big old hollow spot in the middle of it, right? Where there was... There was a pest or ants or something that had gotten in and was eating it away from the inside out. Um, and you couldn't really tell from the outside that there was that much damage going on on the inside. Um, how many times in our own lives do we see that that can happen, right? Where there's a pest, there's, there's an enemy, a very real enemy that is trying to eat you away from the inside out. And we, we come to church we go through life, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. You know, we, we look good from the outside, but inside, you know, we're, we're hollow. We're struggling, right? This is something that, that we face numerous times in our lives. And, and so if we are close with Jesus and we're letting him shape us and mold us and, and, and we are close with him, he can work on that inside that nobody else knows about. Nobody else sees, and he can help walk us through those struggles that are eating us away on the inside, and, and, and we can keep away those pests that want to, you know, eat away at that vine that wants to produce fruit. You know, and what's crazy, okay, is, is as we look at all of this, and we wrap our mind around this, and we wrap our mind around the, the closeness that Jesus had with God the Father, and as we as we wrap our minds around how this applies to us in our lives, how you apply it to your life, we, we see that we have to be in tune with God. And we have to take and realize that we're not going to have all the answers. right? I, I feel like in our American culture that we face, we are taught to be very self-sufficient, to not need anything from anybody else, we're, we're taught that, that I, can, I, can, I can push harder, I can work harder, I can put in extra hours, I can do this, I can do this. You can do anything, right? That's kind of the messages that we're fed from an early age. But that is not what is the gospel message, right? We need him. We got to be close to him in order to have this healthy, beautiful tree, right? And because pests are always trying to get in, right? Those woodpeckers, you know, they're, they're always gnawing at you, right? You got, you got this stuff that's always going on. But if we are so self-sufficient that we don't need any help, we don't need God, we can do this on our own, this is not the attitude that Jesus had 
with God the Father. When he was fully human, he needed God the Father to accomplish everything that, he, that God wanted him to do. And so as I, as I kind of bring things down here and as we've wrapped our minds around this, you remember that relationship example that I started with? Um, how close you were with that human, tangible person that you had in your life that you had spent a lot of time around and, and you, you knew how they thought. You knew that when something was said or something was done, you knew what they were thinking. Do you have that with God? Do you have that closeness where, where he is shaping you and molding you and, and you are in the word and you're, you're doing the spiritual disciplines, not because you have to or you should, right, but because you want to. You want to be close. You know you need him because without him, a lot of, a lot of stuff happens, right? A lot of junk, right? We've all been there. And, and so remember that we want to be so close with Jesus in our relationship that, that he can shape us and mold us to where when something happens in our lives, we know what we should do, right? We, we know what he's thinking. We know, well, this is not of God. I need to step back from this. Or this person has come to me with a concern that they see in my life, and this is a trusted person, right? This is somebody who's solid. They're, they have a relationship with Jesus, and they're coming to me sharing me this. You know, maybe this is God's way of maybe he's wanting, me, wanting to prune me, and I, I don't want to push back. I want to be able to be shaped and pruned you know, by the people that God places in my life. And, and so we want to be close with him. And I want, I want you to keep that in your mind as, you, as we go from here, okay? Now, I'm going to go ahead and close this out in prayer. Um, and, and I'm going to have you guys stand. And, and, uh, and then I'm going to give you a benediction. Um, we're not going to do a song this morning. I didn't really know, have a good song in mind. And I told Anna that. And she's like, okay, well, let's just, let's just end it simplified uh, and uh, we'll go from there, okay? So let's stand and let's pray. Lord, I thank you for every person that is here. And Lord, I pray and I ask, Lord, that, uh, that you will shape us. Lord, I pray that the desires of our hearts will be all about you. That, that we will tie in our lives into you, the, the true vine. I pray that we will allow you to prune us as uncomfortable as that can be at times. I pray that, that you will just help us to go from here and to be pruned and to, to, to be a beautiful tree that is producing fruit, fruit in our own hearts, in our own lives, and also in the lives of those around us. We thank you for your word. We thank you for everything Jesus did for us. And I just pray and ask, Lord, that you will have your way in our hearts as we go from here. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. So I'm going to read part of this verse here. It says, this is Jesus. He says, I chose you and I have appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. Not meaningless fruit, but lasting fruit. Fruit that actually matters. And what ultimately matters? It's our closeness with Jesus, and it's how we love 
everybody that's around us. Go in peace.